0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team.
1: up everybody and welcome to an emergency episode of the talking chop podcast we recorded i don't know 24 hours ago with myself and scott coleman by the way that show is still very relevant at this moment in time and on top of that my co-host this evening has been very busy in the podcast space as well with three shows in three days earlier this week eric cole is here hello eric
2: yeah, I'm uh, I'm new to this podcast game, Brad. I'm, I'm I'm kind of you know still getting my feet wet. I haven't done a whole lot of shows. Uh, What's only number five in the last seven days or whatever it is. <laughs> so I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty I'm pretty excited to be back on the show and talk some Braves baseball. How are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm
1: living the dream. This is gonna be a shorter podcast than we normally would do. Obviously, we did an hour yesterday, and Eric's been busy. So uh, we're convening to react to the news that uh, in very on brand fashion, the Braves just tweeted this out. There was no rumor, no build up whatsoever. Nothing. The Braves traded on Thursday evening for Jock Peterson. Uh, Jock Peterson's been a name that we've discussed a lot on this podcast as a potential target in the past. Not so much lately, but interesting decision here by all parties involved. The Braves essentially trade Bryce Ball, uh, who I, I will let you speak to in a moment, um, prospect de jour Bryce Ball, to the to the Cubs for Jock Peterson, who is currently on a one-year deal, and there's a mutual option for next season and uh, relevant here is that Pearson actually was with Anthopolis with the Dodgers. So there's a relationship there. He's a 29-year-old outfielder. Um, Anthopolis said actually earlier tonight as he was talking to the media that the plan is to play him in right field, and they're not committing on whether to play him against the lefties or not. We'll discuss that in a second because he has a traditional platoon split. But Eric... Uh, I buried the lead here. What what was your reaction when you saw this news? Uh, both in that there's a prospect, one of your beloved sons, heading out, and also a new outfielder for the Braves.
2: Well, I mean, I'm always a little bit bittersweet that I, whenever a prospect of the Braves that, that ends up leaving the system, but ultimately you can't really beat the price on this particular deal. I mean, I don't think it changes the overall profile of what the Atlanta Braves are at the trade deadline. I think that this at this price, this is just a team that needs to have a better body in in the outfield to like be reasonable because, and again, they just lost Ronald Cooney Jr. To a season ending injury. You can only do so much when you have the guys that they were running out there in the outfield as a result. So this is a move to kind of, you know, you'll never replace Ronald Cuny Jr. Obviously. And they're not trying to do that here, but they're just trying to, you know, bring in a guy who can, you know, provide some real value, give you definitely some more upside than the guys that they are running out there. Um, give, You know, give some of the other guys like, you know, Heredia is kind of one of those guys is a kind of a classic example is that he kind of seems to thrive more in a part-time role as opposed to playing a whole lot. It seems like he gets, he gets gassed and he gets, you know, he gets dinged up if he's playing a whole lot. So this is kind of a situation where maybe now that they'll, they actually have a a real bat that they can put in some better spots other than like the bottom three parts of their lineup. uh, And at very little cost, if we're just being honest about it. I mean, Bryce Ball was a real prospect, but a guy whose stock was down to be sure.
1: Yeah. So, We'll get into that, the, the cost and sort of why they did this, and you know maybe whether we like the deal or not in a second. But let's talk about Peterson, the player, for now. You know I think people kind of know what he is as a power bat from the left side. Um, he has a career 116 WRC plus, which is uh, you know very very good for a guy who's been around for a long time. Um, unfortunately, it's been a little bit less inspired in the last two seasons. Granted, last year was an abbreviated season. This year is still you know only halfway over, but. He is a, he's been basically a slightly below league average hitter since the start of the 2020 season. Uh, and most of that is that he can't get on base. Uh, a sub-300 on base percentage in the last 116 games across those two seasons. He has 18 home runs, though, so the power is there. Um, and then defensively, it's been kind of a mess. Um, some of the metrics are pretty ugly on him defensively. Like, outside above average, he's one of the 10 worst outfielders in the league the last two seasons. I'm not sure he's that bad, but he's not a plus, necessarily, defensively. So... All that to say, like, we know he can hit righties. Um, his career numbers are awesome against righties. Lefties, far less so, and that's why I mentioned before that uh, Anthopolis was, I think, rightly asked what the plan was there. I think, broadly speaking, I want to know if you agree here, Peterson becomes their best-hitting available outfielder immediately, in my view. Now, that's that's a very, very low bar to clear, to be, to be sure. But, I mean, you have to assume, not that it's a guarantee, but I think if all things are equal... I think I trust him to hit more than I trust uh, the other options that they have.
2: Uh, yeah, that goes without saying. And it's worth mentioning too that you know one of the reasons why he's not been particularly great with the Cubs, he's also been facing lefties a lot more as since he's been with the Cubs, and that kind of you know allows that vulnerability to kind of reflect in his numbers a little bit more. Also, he wanted uh, to. I,
1: you remember this? Like we talked about this on the podcast. One of the reasons he said he signed with the Cubs is because they were going to let him play every day. And that means and, pick lefties.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and that's and we kind of you get what you get whenever that happens. Um and you know, like I obviously I think that there's certainly the biggest upside. I do worry a little bit about this lineup now against lefties though, because like when two of your four guys in an Ender Inciarte and Ciarte and Jock Peterson like legitimately just can't hit lefties whatsoever. Like it's 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 problematic on a number of levels. But you know, in terms of like upside, it's it's huge with him. He can really he can hit the ball a long way. He can he's a, a threat to go yard in any given game. Uh anyone who's kind of watched him for the last few years. And you know, up until two years ago, I mean he was like a perennial like WRC plus of like 125 guy. You know what I mean? If he's used correctly, that's a really valuable piece to have in your bullpen. I mean not in your bullpen, in your outfield. But you know, th- this is a limit this is a limited a limited edition, you know what I mean? This isn't like the sign of a team that's like, you know what, we're going to push in this season. This is a team that just like, you know what, for, we need to fill this hole with a a potentially useful player that isn't, you know, 40 years old or whatever. So they go and get Jack Peterson, who again, I like, and I, I agree with you that I don't think he's defensively as bad as what the numbers suggest. Uh, at least over the last couple of years, I think he's a pretty, you know, I think he can be okay. Defender. Um, you know, occasionally put up a really good play because he's like, you know, he's really, he's definitely really toolsy in terms of like pure athleticism and stuff like that. It's just kind of the approach issues and dealing with lefties is like kind of the general problem there. So, you know, overall I, 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 am perfectly fine with the move. I don't know if it really changes my view on kind of where I think this team is, which is that they probably should again, make moves like this, like small, small moves to kind of keep them reasonable, not going to like full tank mode necessarily and kind of see what happens as they get closer to the trade deadline. But Overall, I'm fine with it. It's just not something that moves the needle a whole lot for me, given where the Braves are right now.
1: Yeah, so in terms of, like, how I'm interpreting this move, uh, for one thing, the Cubs uh, lost, I believe it was 13, the last 15 before the break. So they're in obvious sell mode. So that is some context here, like, you know, Peterson wasn't, like, lighting the world on fire for the Cubs, but they're also clearly transitioning a little bit, and that's been the rumor, and that was, this might be step one for the Cubs in their teardown. The price is something we should discuss briefly before we get to, like, I guess final takeaways. You know, I don't know as much about Bryce Ball as you do. Uh, My initial reaction, you can correct me if you disagree on this, was that, you know, this is a pretty modest price for someone like Jock Peterson. Not to say that Peterson's a star, because he's probably not, although he's played at that level at times. Um... Even if you just assume like he's a a decent starting option in the outfield on a team that needed one, um, Bryce Ball, you know, for what I understand of him, is a prospect that matters on some level. But if that's the entirety of the price, I think it's totally reasonable. Even after what Scott and I said yesterday, which is what we, we were not terribly excited about the, about the Braves buying right now, but this is buying only in a sense of like. They're not pushing their chips all the way in here. It costs some money, but I don't care about that. You know, that's Liberty Media's thing, and good on them for spending a little bit more money here. But they didn't mortgage the future with this trade, in my view.
2: No, not at all. I mean, you're talking about Bryce Ball. He was like a 24th round pick in the 2019 draft. Uh, really lit the world on fire when he got into the organization. But once he's gotten the high A, I uh, mean, has a 750 OPS, which is not nothing, but it's certainly not like super crazy exciting. We're wondering a little bit about the hit tool these days, is kind of, he's been having some trouble with, like, breaking balls, particularly on the outside part of the plate. We've kind of given him fits. Uh, At best, defensively, he's a first baseman and he doesn't look particularly great there, so you're talking about a guy who might actually have to be a DH, which puts a lot of pressure on the bat. And, you know, he still has power. There's no question about that. I mean, he's 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 6'6", 240, he's giant. So, you know, he's going to have some power in his bat. There's real upside with him, too. And it's not that we dislike him, and he's certainly been better lately than he was earlier in the season. He was all atrocious, like, the first month, month and a half of the season, but he's kind of gotten better uh, in terms of, you know, his approach at the plate and kind of being able to square up more breaking balls and things like that. But overall, it's just, you know, it's one of those things that he, like, once he got to a little bit of higher level of pitching, it became apparent that, like, this isn't a guy who's, like, going to rocket up the system or anything like that, and he's not, like, the first baseman of the future or, you know, he's, if anything, it's just going to take him some more time to kind of, like, learn his approach and, you know, recognize pitches a little bit better and, you know, understand what he needs to do in certain counts. So, like, sure, I mean, like, is there a real upside to that? Yes, and I think that the the Cubs were smart to kind of target a guy who has some real upside whose value is down right now. But overall, I mean, in terms of, like, the value of Ball as a prospect, I mean, I think he said he was certainly going to be adjusted down on our rankings, and we didn't have him as, like, a top-ten prospect to start with. So this is... A, this. Overall, this trade's fine in terms of overall value. You're you're, you're a guy who is a real prospect, but he's not something that you're like, wow, I can't believe the Braves are doing this. They really must think that they can still make waves this season. This is just, hey, we need to get an outfielder who can actually do something and has a, like some amount of team control as, involved as well. This isn't like just getting half a year of Jock Peterson. You have a chance to keep him if you if he goes wild for you <laughs> once you get a hold of him. Then you have a chance to keep him. So that's something that's worth mentioning too when you're getting this price. Uh, for him, is that you, ultimately you can still possibly keep him around after this year if things work out well. So overall, like, in terms of the price, you can't really beat it. Uh, it stinks because, you know, when Bryce Ball is really hitting and doing well, he's a lot of fun to watch. And I know that there are a lot of people have really kind of thought that he could be the next big thing. But, you know, what's ended up happening this season is that he's just kind of gotten exposed a little bit. That's just something that happens as guys move up the ladder.
1: Yeah, I mean... I, I'll always i always defer to you on on Braves prospects and uh, you know it doesn't seem like Ball is a, a cream of the crop guy in the in the in the view of you and our prospect crew. Uh, not that he's a bad prospect, but he's, this is not like the trade Drew. Waters. No, he's not bad. No, not they're,
2: not, bad. they're not they're
1: not they're not trading Drew Waters for Josh Peterson. Basically, is what I'm saying. Um, or Christian Pache, or whoever you want to say. Can,
2: can you can you imagine?
1: I can. <laughs> and uh, no, thank you. Um, so. With the price as it is, again, I'm totally okay with this, even as someone who was not enthusiastic about them buying. You know, Anthopolis said to the media, I'm quoting here, right now our focus is on adding, end quote. But there is some context here. Uh, Jeff Passan of ESPN fame, uh, who loves Scott Coleman, for the record, um, he says says on Twitter, uh, do not expect Atlanta to be in the mix for any big names unless it goes on a huge run, was the quote. So basically, this might be it for the Braves, and also because of the schedule, which Scott and I talked about a lot last night, um, it's hard It's hard for them to make a run here. Now, if they do, then they're in decent shape because the Mets are not that far ahead and all of that stuff. And Eric, we haven't talked about it in a, in a little while here, me and you anyway. Um, basically, the, the gist between Scott and I yesterday was, you know, this season's not over, but it's on life support. Um, do you share that view, or are you a little bit higher on, uh, on the potential than us? I mean, Peterson helps... But this is not like replacing Ronald Acuna. Like he's been, by the way, if you look at the like Baseball Reference and Fangraphs WAR metrics, Pearson's basically been a replacement level player for the last season and a half, which is not ideal.
2: <laughs> no, it's not ideal, and, I, and I'm right there with you. I might actually be a little bit lower. I think that they have been kind of. You're more, you're, you're like... more,
1: you're more where Scott, where Scott is then. Scott was even lower <laughs> yeah. than I was last night.
2: Yeah, so I mean, I think that the, the if you're if you're adding players, this is like the most that you should be thinking about pushing in on a player right now, right? Unless you have an opportunity to get a guy that has like three years of team control or something, which again, that those trades are different because you're not necessarily, you're just making a play for a guy who's available versus a guy who's going to like push you over the the edge this year. You're just like, Hey, we just want this player and we have an opportunity to get him. So we just went and got him before the trade deadline, but it's not necessarily for 2021. Uh, Those are, those trades in my mind are different, but I, I would be more in the, you know, entertaining, you know, guys who are, maybe not in the team's future or teams who are on expiring deals uh, other than Freddie, because that situation is incredibly weird. And (laughs) frankly, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting uh, less and less optimistic that that's uh, going to happen in terms of an extension based on the kind of the pressure that Freddie seems to be hell bent on putting on the Braves over the last week and a half or so doing the media tour, which among the guys that I think would have, been doing a media tour media. uh, Freddie Freeman's pretty low on that list uh, in terms of guys that would normally be even want to have conversations with the media at all. So, you know, it's a, other than him, I mean, like I'd be entertaining, like, you know, like maybe if Drew Smiley, they they think they can get a real, like a return for him. They should be uh, talking about that. You know, maybe some of the relievers that maybe not be in their future, things like that. Those are things that I'd be thinking about right now. But what I honestly thought was going to happen is that the Braves weren't going to do much of anything. So like, this is, but this is the type of move that I I have no problems with because the cost isn't much. It's just. I mean, you gotta have people who like play the outfield who might be able to do something, but you know, given where the Braves are right now, I mean, they're down like several of their best players uh, and the schedule is about to get a lot harder and they couldn't st- get above 500 when all of their players were good. we as good as they were going to be and healthy. So it's a tough situation. And I think that this is kind of what we're peaking to be at this trade deadline, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Um, there is some upside here, for sure. You know, the, the mutual The mutual option is, like, the study... I think there was uh, Ivan of uh, Talking Chop fame uh, pointed this out in Slack. Like, mu- mutual option pickups are not terribly um, frequent. Like, they exist a lot, but Correct. they usually don't happen. So, it might end up being a, a one-year rental. And honestly, uh, they they could, if things go badly in the next two weeks, they could trade them again. Uh, that's not likely, maybe, but that's the kind of yeah. thing that, that I mean if they for if okay for if, for instance if the Braves are truly out of it in two weeks now i'll I'm not projecting that but it's possible like if, if they were to go you know two and nine in the next eleven and they're kind of out of it um, Peterson goes into the into the pile with your drew Smileys and the guys who are expiring as a guy who you might want to try to look to move that means doesn't mean they have to do it um, but this is actually a good uh, tweet that I wanted to highlight from Steven over at 75 um this is kind of uh, kind of what I was thinking out loud honestly I'm trying to find it now because I lost it but it was oh yeah and I quote here from Steven this feels like a look we tried type of deal without having to give up actually much which is kind of what I think I mean Peterson can help them no question like oh here's here's an example four years four year sample size from 2016 through 2019 with the Dodgers Jock Peterson was like capital G good for four for four seasons basically he had an OPS over four years of 8.35 and like a big sample. He slugged 4.99 in four years. Like this is a guy who has played at a borderline star level before. But so there's that. If you want to be an optimist or if you want to be a pessimist, he's been not great. But I think it's just more like, you know, they added an They added a probably a guy who's a bigger name than the performance has been recently but also a guy that helps them a little bit. So if you want to save face and say that you're trying to win right now, this is a good way to do it. I mean, it's kind of a low impact thing and Liberty Media, put I think it's like $2 million in real cash that they're adding this year. That's not nothing. I mean, kudos to them for doing something to try to win. Um, This also may not not change the fortunes of the franchise.
2: Uh, Absolutely. I think that the biggest thing is that the Braves are kind of sort of in contention right now. The writing's on the wall that they very well could not be, but this does make this team better. I think that yeah. that's just full stop. Like, you know, like, you know, when you're running out, enter NCRT, Abraham Almonte, and Guillermo Heredia. <laughs> who is he replacing? Is,
1: is all, it's all you need to know. It's like, who is he taking the bats from? Yep. The only way that it can make, maybe not make them better is if he's playing against lefties. And there's, there's a chance that like, maybe you just throw out a, a, a group of Heredia Almonte and Adrianza and that's better against lefties. But that's like a nitpick. Like he's clearly better against righties than everyone else they have in the outfield. So, yeah. What are you and, do?
2: and then and then again later in games when like you need a, a pinch hitter against a righty like that's a, he's a like in terms of these double switches that you know Brian Sittinger loves to do then he's the guy that you swing in there and you know kind of go from there so it's it's an interesting trade to be sure one that does make the team better uh, particularly given who he's replacing but in terms of like you know like hey this is the guy that's gonna go on a tear and re- re- replace Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, color me very skeptical that that's what ha- ends up happening
1: yeah, this was not on my radar. I gotta be honest. Like sometimes I see stuff that's like not in particular, a deal happening, but this was nowhere near what I thought the Braves would do. I, I was not envisioning a Thursday night trade for Jack Peterson when we recorded last night. So, uh, you know, again, I, I would say kudos to Anthopolis for, you know, not giving up a ton. The money again, no, no human outside of Liberty media's power structure should care about the money. The money does not matter to anyone else. Um, and the prospect is... Especially this year. ...is what it is. So, yeah, I, I think this is this is fine. Is it going to change anything? Maybe. If Peterson reels off, you know, two months of star-level play, he could change the fortunes of the team. I mean, it's not going to be Ron Acuna, but this is uh, an interesting sort of low-cost, pretty much no risk. I mean, I guess the, the risk is Bryce Ball becoming uh, a super late-blooming all-star, but, like,
2: like, you t- like Nelson Cruz or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's the only thing that's the risk here. If The money doesn't matter, and it's he's not—he's not taking away any time from anybody else. Like, I guess I'm sure someone who wants to be angry might say that they'd rather have Drew Waters and Christian Pache playing than Jock Peterson. But that's like the only thing that I could even see people complaining about.
2: Well, well, even then, it's not like that. There's guys playing in the outfield right now. That if the Braves really wanted to play Drew Waters and Christian Pache. It's not like Abraham Alvante. Yeah, play them. Madrid, play and and play them with Josh Peterson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's it's not like they're blocking anybody. You know, what I mean, like if they're playing well enough, and the Braves feel like that they, I mean, in Pache's case, you know, if he's playing really well, just bring him up anyway, um, because he's already on the forty man. There's not even a forty man consideration in his case. Uh, now Drew Waters is a little bit different, but because you, you start his clock. But I mean, if they start playing really well, and P- Waters and Pache are playing really well, they can have a whole new outfield in about two weeks. But you know, for right now, they're gonna see how the team plays, and that's a perfectly reasonable thing, considering where that roster's at right now.
1: yeah, so that's that's probably enough on this you know it's a it's a transaction that we've sort of covered in some detail here. Cliffs Notes version is that Peterson probably helps them um at a at a reasonable cost, and the schedule is what it is, man, like we've had this revelation live on the podcast last night that the Braves final series before the deadline is five on the road with the Mets. Which like, that is basically going to decide, at least the fate of the trade deadline. If nothing else, if the Braves go yeah. into the deadline nine, ten back, then they they can't buy anymore. But if they're two back, then they can either stand pad or buy some more. So this is gonna just. I mean, it's not like breaking news here, but the next two weeks are going to decide what the next steps are in a lot of ways, and that's uh, not like an easy thing to discuss. But this is this is a small step. I almost said minor. I'm not sure it's minor, but it's a, it's a small step towards making the roster more competitive because if anything, I know you and I have talked about this, the roster that they have right now, pre this trade and even with this trade is
2: not a uh, terribly exciting roster
1: available. roster, no. I should
2: say. No, not at all. And uh, I think that, you know, again, this is I have no problems making these kinds of moves. Uh, I do say, I will say though, that unless they were like to win like 10 games in a row, I think this is about the size of the move that we're going to see. Like, I don't think there's anything, maybe one there's more anything. like this. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I'd be no surprised. Big, big moves
1: I'd be surprised too. If they made the, made a giant, like all in swing. And if they did, you mentioned it before, but if they did that, it'd be more like someone who's under under control for multiple. Seasons. Right. That's, that,
2: that's, that's kind of a different classification of trade. Like, you know, a team that just like desperately wants to get out from a contract or something. And you know, a, a, you like this team, I mean, like we think that the Braves are going to be good in 2022 and 2023, just everyone's gonna be healthy again. Um, again, assuming certain other contract things, you know, pan out certain ways and, you know, legal proceedings, you know, and all that other stuff. But, and that's a lot of kind of thinking into the future, which it might be something that's on the Braves' mind too, is kind of, you know, thinking ahead in those types of trades, but it's not the same thing as like going after the guys who are on expiring deals and just trying to get a guy who can help you win in 2021. Uh, I just don't see like that big move happening. I don't think the trade for Chris Bryant tomorrow, I guess. is <laughs>
1: Yeah. I, I think deep down in the recesses of Anthopolis brain slash heart. He, he has to understand that the team he currently has on paper without Acuna and Soroka uh, and Ozuna, et cetera, is not a world series contender on paper, even with Jock Peterson. Uh, so it's more like we want to be competitive and there is something to be, there's something admirable about, about that, that they, they, they don't want to fold up shop. Um, and I'm okay with them doing that unless they mortgage the future, which they don't seem in, in, in our view anyway, what we talked about they did not do tonight with this trade. So unless they, unless they just do something wild uh, in exchange for a short term, small gain, like I'm okay with them trying to compete here as long as it's within reason. And if they're 12 out in two weeks, then, then no, but if it's three or four, then they're going to hang around.
2: I would be, I would have some real issues if they chose this season to mortgage the future future Uh. (laughs) and push in on, because if like, unlike the last two seasons, where they had like legitimate chances for deep playoff runs. And like Alex Anthopoulos has not traded a top 10 prospect when his time in the Atlanta Braves. And if he chose the season where like the injured list roster is better than the major league roster right now and is debatable as to whether or not how much better that's going to get over the course of the season, even as guys come back, I I would have some questions to be sure. Yeah. He, he won't uh, knock on wood. I don't think he'll do that,
1: but, uh, that's the only way that i'd be like actually like infuriated about what happened basically um eric any final thoughts before we get out of here we've we've covered our bases i think on this emergency show and uh, people can go back and listen to scott and i and also all of the massive road to atlanta uh
2: draft coverage from over this week yeah i just want to say thank you to all our listeners and all of our readers like the support was kind of crazy over the course of the draft and you know, even leading up to the draft, just lots of people downloading the podcast, and you know, lots of new subscribers and lots of new readers, and just lots of old readers just going to the site a whole bunch. I just want to say thank you to all of you guys. I mean, it was just it was it was a lot of work to be sure. Uh, I'm fairly certain that Matt Powers is still alive. Uh, he's been he was writing a whole lot and and Matt, take a nap, buddy. Now. It's time for a nap. Yeah. Me, well, he was, he's already covering amateur, amateur baseball for next year's class. Of course, I'm not yes. kidding about that. Yeah. Cause he's a degenerate, but, um, you know, overall, like just, you know, it was a lot of hard work, but like a lot of people have been reaching out and like thanking us for that coverage and all that stuff. And it's just, you know, that, that stuff feels really good. Cause when you work that hard, then, you know, that feels really rewarding that people really seem to be enjoying it and getting something out So just thanks to all of you guys. Uh, we're going to get back to the minor league coverage and kind of get back into the swing of things, but I will say it's going to be kind of nice to kind of power down a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's been a, a quite a flurry. And as I, as I always say, uh, I learn the vast majority of prospect slash draft stuff from you guys. I am not an expert in that field. I listen to you and Carlos and Matt and Garrett and everyone else, Garov And, uh, I, I learn just like everybody else does. So when I, when I promote the work, I am uh, doing so with, uh, with a genuine spirit and that I I am just a, I am just a run of the mill uh, <laughs> content consumer on all, all that stuff. I, I add nothing. So thank
2: you uh, for me as well. Hey, all I have to say is baseball America organizational M- M- MVP at midseason, Jesse Franklin, the fifth.
1: I mean, there's not even an argument. Jesse Franklin is like, I would say bordering on Wander Franco territory at this moment in time. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Jesse, Jesse, my son has had quite a, quite a renaissance lately, so I'm enjoying it. Listen, that's the only time that I ever talk about, about, about prospects in public is just, is when Jesse hits another home run, which is like every night, so that's fun. He
2: only hit a triple today, so it was a clear triple. But uh. I, I, and I
1: do appreciate like the seven people that always tag me when he does anything, and yep. I lo- I love yep. those people. So thank you, keep doing that, please. It, it alerts me to what's going on, and uh, it's, it keeps me keeps me accountable. So, shouts Jesse Franklin, shouts to you, Eric as well as uh, hopefully Matt Powers is
2: having quite a lengthy nap at this moment in time. Um, Anything else for you on here? No, that's it. Uh, You know, hopefully we can get back on a regular schedule here. It's going to be back to like Sunday, Monday, Uh, maybe some, maybe, maybe some changes. We've, we, we had our meeting yesterday uh, to some potential more content coming to the podcast stream, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll kind of unfold. We'll kind of reveal that as it comes forward. But for the moment, you know, we're going to get back to normal here soon. Uh, And I say, wholeheartedly that I'm looking forward to kind of getting back to things being a little less crazy
1: yeah uh, please subscribe to the show I know I always say that but I I sincerely would like it if people we to subscribe via the platform of their choice, whether it be Spotify or Apple, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, um, Odyssey, any of those places that have podcasts. If uh, if you have your own personal one that you enjoy, we're probably on there too. And if we're not, let me know that. I'll, I'll try to get that fixed. But go ahead and do that. Leave a five-star review if you have the option to do so. Uh, ratings, tell your friends etc. And if you don't love every single thing that we do on the podcast feed, um, that's okay. You can still download and uh, support us in, in that fashion and uh, we'll have all kinds of different content from Road to Atlanta to Draft Stuff to this podcast to other things that we might be implementing in the future. But if you get it all under one thing, Funny Shop Podcast Network. Subscribe and we'll see you next time.